0: And I've entitled this sermon, The Great Invitation. Some of you have been typing exclamation point invite in the chat for the uh, giveaway today if you're watching live right now. And yes, it's called The Great Invitation. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. But before we get into that, as a game, I've been a gamer my entire life. Okay. I've been a gamer since I could pick up a controller. All right. I I've, I, you know, ever since I could hold that little NES controller in my hand and we were all amazed me, my sister, and my brother, that when you, when you press the left button, that link would move to the left on screen. Like it was insane for us. Right. We didn't under we, it was great. My whole entire life I've been a gamer, but as I got older, my expectation for games it changed a little bit, but also my expectation for the developers changed as well. I expected developers to tell me what we were getting and when we were getting it. How much is it going to cost? I'm expecting all of these things. And this could be done at big conventions. You guys can see, you probably remember, you know, the bigger conventions like E3, okay? I know E3 since 2017 has really kind of been going down a little bit and COVID really, hit E3 hard and I know E3 isn't as big as it used to be but I remember sitting down on the couch and just waiting for E3 to start you know it wasn't even the start of E3 it was day zero and all the big conferences Sony and Microsoft Nintendo they'd have their big conferences and they'd show off their new consoles and the brand new games that they were going to be coming out with and it was an exciting thing but what did I expect from them I expected you to tell me what I'm getting and when I'm getting it and how much is it going to be I remember seeing the PlayStation 4 and they were they, they were like, here's what it looks like. I'm like, that's what I want. And then they said, it's going to be $400. I'm like, I don't know if I have that. And you can pre-order it right now. I'm calling up GameStop. I don't even have the money. Well, first I called my wife. <laughs> I, was, I had to call my wife first. But the thing was, was we see these announcements, but that's what we expect from them. You know, We just had Nintendo Direct just a couple of days ago. And Nintendo Direct told us, what we're getting when we're getting it as well and some of the things it was like hey it's coming out today like f099 by the way i've been playing that a lot lately but regardless of all of that we expect this for games we expect it for consoles we expect it for accessories pieces of equipment all types of things but there can be major downsides when this is not done so I want to give I, I want to take the Wii U for an example. Who remembers the Wii U? Put put a five in the chat if you had a Wii. Put a seven in the chat if you had a Wii U. Put put a seven. I, I I had a Wii U. All right. I loved my Wii U. The Wii U was actually a great system. Wii U has one of the most successful games after it was released, as well on the Nintendo Switch. They had Mario Kart 8. You know, I, I, I see some fives, I, some, uh, okay. We actually had quite a few people I had a Wii U. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm that's interesting. That's interesting because the Wii U did not sell great. But the thing was, was it had one of the most successful games, but the thing was, you might be saying to yourself, wait, 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 wait. If the Wii U console, if it was so great, why did its predecessor, the Wii, sell over 100 million consoles? And what came after it? The Switch selling at this point, and it's not even at the end of its life, almost 130 million consoles. How are you telling me that the Wii U is so great when it only sold 13.5 million consoles? How, how is that such a good console? Here lies the problem of gamers not being prepared correctly for what was coming out. Apart from a few issues, innovation was weird, okay? (laughs) The innovation for the Wii U was really strange. The price point was a little bit high at the time. But here was the real big problem. At E3, if you were not in person at E3, you had no idea that the Wii U was actually a console. They had a console that was there. Not on stage, but it was there at E3 that you could actually get a hands-on experience with it. But if you only watched e3 from your vantage point from your living room from your office wherever it was all you heard about was the Wii U controller man this controller could do everything it could send things to the screen it could play games just in your hand almost as if it was like kind of like a switch but it wasn't it wasn't that good but it was it, it you had the Wii U controller and everybody just thought that the Wii U was a controller that was in addition for the Wii nobody knew that it was another console. They didn't prepare people right. It was very confusing. And so what ended up happening, the Wii U flopped because the people were not prepared for what was coming their way. Now, just like consoles need preparation for gamers to be able to understand what is coming out, when they're coming out with it as well, we're going to take a look and see the parallels of Jesus here. And we're going to read a story about jesus where he sends out people to essentially prepare for him to the places that he is going to go and we're going to be able to translate that into the, into our lives and how we should be living as well and So the first thing and i'm going to ask you guys to put it in the chat as well prepare the way the first point today prepare the way put prepare the way in chat put it with an exclamation point as well because we need to be preparing the way okay we need to be preparing the way not like john the baptist did did, but (laughs) we got to be preparing the way for something else to be happening okay this story that we're going to talk about today it parallels a previous story where jesus sends out his 12 disciples in pairs, okay? Now Jesus does have other disciples up to this point, okay? It's, you know, he's got his core group, he's got his 12 disciples, but really anybody that's following him is a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so what did he tell the 12 disciples to do? He told them, bring nothing with you. He said, heal the sick. I'm giving you authority and power to cast out demons. And then he said, and go tell them about the kingdom. That's what Jesus told the 12 disciples to do. And so he sends them out. Now this story, like I said, it parallels this, this story as well, but it's essentially on a much larger scale. See Jesus's time is quickly coming. His time to go to the cross is quickly approaching at this point. And so more and more people need to hear about him and what he is here to do. So. We're going to start with Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be landing today. And we're going to start with verses 1 and 2. And it says this, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Now, if you're reading a different translation, it might say 70. There's a translate. I'm not going to go into the the Greek and the reason why it says 70 or 72, but just it's 70 or 72. That part doesn't matter. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and he sent them ahead of him in Paris to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So Jesus sends these 72 individuals, these 72 disciples into places that he is going to be coming as well. And they're there once again to go preach, heal, and preach that the kingdom of God is near, that the kingdom of God is at hand. How does this apply to us, though? How does this apply to our lives? How are we supposed to do something that these 72 – Jesus isn't living here on this earth and walking on it. He's living, yes. He is He he is alive today. He rose from the dead, right? But how does this apply to our life? jesus is coming back one day whether you like it or not he is coming back jesus has already come he has died he has rose again and our savior is returning it's going to be a glorious day for those people that have accepted him it's going to be an amazing day for 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 those people that follow him we're going to be brought from this temporary home to our real home But for others, it's gonna be a pretty treacherous day for them. Now, I've been really struggling with this part of my sermon, I'm not gonna lie, and struggling on how I'm going to word this. And I'm actually gonna word it a little bit differently than what I had thought I had landed on (laughs) this morning. Put a seven in chat if you believe that we are called to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to others in the world. This is this is a pretty easy question, okay? It's not rhetorical though. Put a 7 in chat if you believe we are called to bring the gospel of Jesus to others in the world. Now what I want you to do is put a 5 in chat if you invited someone who does not know Jesus to church with you today. I came across some this some statistics And listen, this is not supposed to discourage you, you know, and some people are putting a five, which is absolutely amazing. But here's the thing. This is not supposed to discourage you. This is supposed to help. Like The Bible, what it does is it brings us to a place where we need to understand some things. It brings us to a place where sometimes it says, hey, this is what you need to be taught and you can do better in this. I can do better in this as well, right? But there's so many things in the Bible, and it's not always just the encouraging word and the thing that you and the thing that you need to hear, like we need to hear this, but sometimes it brings something where we might not feel too good about it sometimes. And so I came across some statistics this week. I read up on it. One of the statistics said back in 2018, it said 29% of people going to church invited no one to come to church with them within a six month. Uh, period according to uh, a life i think it was i believe it was the lifeway research survey survey another survey actually said though that nearly eight in every 10 unchurched people would come to church if a family member or friend invited them and accompanied them to worships eight in every 10 people would come to church if we invited them now, there, these statistics can change, but it says in a study referenced by Dr. Tom Rayner in a 2008 book called The Unchurched Next Door, 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. But then that same book, this, is, this was the, the statistic that brought me almost to tears when I was reading it. Only 2% of church members invite a single unchurched person to church each year. 98 that th- this statistic which was done in 2008 means 98 of people in church today will not invite somebody to church within the next year you see jesus when he was walking on the face of this earth He didn't just wait for the 12 disciples to just show up and find him. He searched them out. He searched out Levi, who he would then call Matthew, the tax collector, and he invited him in. But then there was a a ripple effect that started to happen, right? John the Baptist, he invited Andrew and John. But then we see Andrew, he goes out and he invites Peter. Jesus invites Philip, and then Philip goes and he invites Nathaniel. John invites his brother, James there's a ripple effect that's happening. There's a reason why all the 12 disciples came to follow Jesus is because people were being personally invited. It wasn't that they just, Jesus just sat around and just sat there and hoped that one day, 12 people would come to him. No, he went out and he invited he was intentional and we need to be doing that as well just like these disciples were doing they were being intentional about going out inviting people hey what is this guy jesus all about i'm not even th- these people they didn't even know what this jesus guy was all but he told me i was going to fish for men fish for what i've been fishing for fish what do you mean fish for men it, it, it didn't make any sense but there was something there was a draw about jesus and that draw is still alive today it's not dead it is still a drug. There's something about Jesus. There's something. Listen, when people come into this stream, it is different than any other Twitch stream, right? Because other Twitch streams, it's there for entertainment. You can go into my personal strip, my my personal stream unintentional plug there, but you can go into my person and and, and it's going to be some entertainment. But the thing is, is there is life that's being given because the word of God is alive today and we need to be hearing it and we need to be telling other people about it. We need to be intentional. And if you truly want to see a change in the world, if you want to see this church grow, if you want to see people coming to Christ, we have to be willing to invite them in as well. Jesus is coming back and we're called to go out and let people know the gospel of jesus so that they can have a chance to accept him so my question for you today is how far are you willing to go to tell others about jesus are you willing are you willing to go and tell other people about jesus i think this answer is going to be it's going to vary and it's going to be a little bit different for everyone right the person that has a family to take care of they have their spouse and they have their kids and god has called them to be in their current job currently right now right it it probably if god is if god's calling them to be in their current job right now then there's a reason why they're in their current job they're probably going to go and tell people in their current job about jesus if they're being faithful to what god has called us to do right but then you have those people out there they have concluded that they have no desire to get married they don't have a desire to really have a family either at least a, you know a, the biological form of a family and god has placed on their heart to be in missions And they may have a desire to go across the world and tell others about Jesus. One is not more important than the other, right? It's a drastic difference, but one is not more important than the other. They are doing what God has called them to do. But then there's others out there as well who don't tell anybody about Jesus Christ. We're gonna continue in Luke chapter 10, verses three through nine. And it says this, Jesus says, now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Can I get an amen in the chat that there are more lambs than wolves? All right, this is is something that Spurgeon said, there are more lambs than wolves out there, okay? The numbers, there are more lambs than wolves. Okay, there's safety in numbers. Verse four, don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. You see the parallels here, right? Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter first, first say peace to this household. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things they set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of god has come near to you now first thing that i want to say is when if we went back to verse 1 jesus sent the disciples out into pairs they were there to be able to have somebody else to be able to lean on, to do briefings and debriefings with each other, to encourage each other during those times that are really, really difficult, to build each other up, which is, I believe this is something that we need to be doing today as well as a family. We need to be doing this inside of the church as well. We need to be by each other's side, telling this person, encouraging them, hey, I know that you were rejected today and I understand that, but listen, keep your chin up. Let's go play some video games. Let's Let's pray together, whatever that might be. We're supposed to be with each other, building each other up. You are not alone in doing this. We're not supposed to be alone in doing this. We're supposed to be doing this with each other. Now, Jesus tells them, essentially, they will need to be willing to lose everything in their life for the sake of other people knowing who he is. Saying, I am sending you out, like, like lambs in the midst of wolves or among wolves, it's not necessarily the most encouraging statement to say. What does this ask of people though? It asks them to be courageous. It asks them to be brave. It asks them not to rely on themselves or the things that they have It asks them to place other people above themselves, which is something that is completely opposite of what society tells you to do, to make make sure that somebody else is being placed above yourself. It asks them to have faith in Jesus and what he is saying, and it asks them to rely on the strength that God can give to them and allow them to be safe under his guard. This showcases how important Jesus took it that other people might come to know him and who he truly is. And I almost think like, I feel like it's almost more important today for us to be going out into the world to be telling people about Jesus. It's not more important, but the significance of it, because Jesus was still alive at that time on on, walking on the face of the earth, right? Today, he is alive, but it, it, it's different. He has already died. He has already risen from the grave. And we're called to go into the world and be witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this. This is a very popular verse in church. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How far are you willing to go to bring the gospel of Jesus to others? Are you willing to be rejected? Are you willing to be persecuted? We see these things happening daily and honestly, it's not getting any better. It is getting worse. Are you willing for these things to happen? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to do what God has called you to do? Are you willing to do those things? I was a youth leader for a very long, I was a youth leader for, I think it was 11 years. So it was a little over a decade. So not an extremely long time. Some people are like, you were a youth leader for a long time, I've been doing this my entire life. I was a youth leader for for about 11 years or so. And I would ask pretty frequently to the youth, I would say, are you being a witness to the people, to other people around you, to your families? Are you being a witness to people and your friends in school? And listen, I, I, love, I love youth, I really do. But the main answer that I would get and I still get this answer sometimes today from people. I show other people Christ through my actions. I get it. Wait, I take nothing away from showing people Christ through your actions. I believe that through your actions, people will come and they will start to question, how, why, why are you being so nice to me? Why, why this, why that? Those things do happen. But the fact of the matter is, is I know a lot of people who are extremely nice and who are genuinely loving people who don't know who Jesus Christ is. We need to be more courageous and we need to tell others about Christ. How are they to know if we don't tell them about his saving grace and his mercy? And so once again, I ask you, how far are you willing to go to tell others about Jesus. Now, this part of the sermon is—it's—it's it, um, it's a difficult pill to swallow, I guess, because we're going to talk about those that reject it because Jesus talked about it as well. And so we're gonna talk about it as well. Those that reject. Jesus knew that the 72 that he sent out that they would face rejection at some point. He knew that people would reject their witness, the healing and authority that Jesus gave them and ultimately reject Jesus. And so we're gonna jump into Luke chapter 10. We're gonna continue here verses 10 through 16. And it says this. Jesus says, when you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we are wiping wiping even off, off even the dust of your town that clings to our feet as a witness against you. Know this for certain, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyr and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyr and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted in heaven? No. You will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. We see here that Jesus gives the disciples a command. If people reject them, he knew that the disciples, that these people, he was sending out, he knew that there would there were going to be towns. There were going to be cities that were going to reject him. And so what does he do? He tells them to go out into the streets to proclaim publicly that they're wiping their feet off of even the dust that's clinging to their feet and tell them once again that the kingdom of God has come, that the kingdom of God is near. This is basically a public statement saying, you have been told and you have rejected it. It's not on me anymore. I washed the blood off my hands. This decision was your own. I did my job. Now it's in your court. The ball is in your court. And then Jesus goes on to state what will happen to those who reject him. Without going into much detail, he mentioned cities that were notorious for their sin. And even a city that he had done ministry in, which was Capernaum. He says that those who reject what they are bringing, that they will go down to Hades, which some other translations will say hell, they're synonymous there. But Jesus makes sure to let them know that if they are rejected, they're not only being rejected, so is Jesus. And if Jesus is being rejected, the son of God, then the rejecting God, the father as well. And I think it's important to remember this because many people are fearful of rejection. I remember learning this as a kid and I had a lot of friends that rejected me because, and obviously they weren't really friends, but people that rejected me because of my belief in God. As a young kid back in elementary school, kids are mean, okay? I'll be completely honest. People are bullies, (laughs) okay? But because I had faith in Jesus, because I love Jesus, and I I was telling other people about it, I was telling my friends about it, I had people that were rejecting me. And so I had this moment and I started learning about this and I started learning that they're not rejecting me necessarily. They're rejecting what I believe, yes, but they're rejecting Jesus ultimately. They're rejecting God the Father. And it actually brought some peace to me because when I learned this, it helped me to recognize that God was with me every single step of the way. He was with me when people were rejecting. He was also with me when people were accepting of it. He was with me every single step of the way, giving me comfort no matter how the witness was coming out and what people were, whether they were rejecting it or accepting it. So we got through that part. Now we get to get into the good parts. All right. Can I can can I have everybody put it in chat? I didn't ask you guys to put in the chat, you know, the, the, the tragic things. But I want you to put in chat what to rejoice in. We got things that we get to be able to rejoice about as well. What to rejoice in. So we're going to jump into Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20 now. Verse 17, it says, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The first thing that I want to point out here in verse 17 is that all 72 returned all they went out with absolutely nothing they had no money they had no food they had no extra clothes they went out with nothing but every all of them returned it says that all 72 returned but they didn't just return. they returned with joy they returned with excitement they returned with things that were amazing because of what jesus had given them the power and the authority to do when he sent them out. And I think it's also important to note that in verse 17, they gave Jesus all the glory. It says, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And then Jesus says that he watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When you are doing what God has called you to do, when people are having chains that have been binding them and hindering them, when those chains are being cut loose, when marriages that you are seeing because you have gone out and you've done what God has called you to do, when you see marriages that are being mended and marriages that are being healed, when you see sin being conquered by people, when, when, when God is coming into their lives and a sin that they've been entangled in for decades, when you see those things start to break loose, when you see healing that's being presented to somebody for the first time in their entire life, when they've been struggling with something, when they see healing in their life, when salvation is happening in people's hearts, the The enemy is shaken to its core. This is exciting stuff. And you have this authority. You have this authority and you've been given this power by Jesus. And it's okay to be happy in the service that we do. It is. Jesus reminds us in verse 20, though that above the joy of the service that we get to be a part of and what a privilege it is to be able to be a part of that, the greater miracle is the salvation that he has done in your life. What Jesus has done in you is so much greater than anything that we could do for him. And so I have some challenges for you today. And honestly, this challenge is, it's not even for today It's not for this week. It's not even for this year. This is a challenge that you need to present to yourself on every single day. If you truly want to see people coming to know who Jesus Christ is, if you truly want to see people being transformed, I encourage you right now, invite those people who don't know Jesus Christ, invite those people who are unchurched to come to church with you. That's the only way that we're gonna continue to see more and more and more people come to church and come to know who Jesus is, is if you're inviting people, don't be afraid of that rejection. God is with you every single step of the way. And then ask yourself this question, what are you willing to give up in your life so that you might see people's lives affected for all of eternity? What are you willing to give up in your life so that you can see somebody come to know who Jesus Christ is. And then most of all, remember to thank God and rejoice in his name for the salvation that he has brought to your life because that is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. Some of you today, you might be here and. This might be your first time in church. This might be the first time that you're hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? I have said multiple times that Jesus Christ died and that he rose from dead. And what did he die for? He died for me. He died for you. He died for the sins that are on my heart, the sins that cover my heart on a daily basis because of the things that I have done. He died on a cross so that his blood might cover me. So that one day when I stand in front of God, the father, God the God won't see my sin. He won't see the shame, the shame and the guilt that is on my heart. He will see the blood of his son, Jesus. And there is a new world that is being prepared for those that have accepted Jesus Christ into their hearts. And they're gonna live for all of eternity. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And those people that don't accept, yes, It's a hard thing to say, right? But those people are going to go to hell. But we have that choice today to be able to accept Jesus and to become a follower of him. And so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, hey, you have an opportunity right now, where you're sitting, wherever you are, to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, to submit your life to him, to say, I am going to follow you maybe you're here today and you've made that decision before but you've been kind of going off to the side for a long time you, you 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 you've been listening here but there's you know that there's been things that's been in your life and you know that you haven't been serving him you know that you haven't really been you have you, you, your relationship with god has not been where it needs to be for a very very long time hey maybe you need to rededicate your life today and say you know what those things that I'm doing right now, that way that I've been going for many, many years now, I need to turn around, I need to repent from it, and I need to choose the way of righteousness where I'm seeking God every single day of my life. Maybe that's you. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do, like I said, you have that opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ into your life, to rededicate your life to Jesus. You just need to call upon him, ask for salvation from him, and say that you're gonna follow him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I give you thanks today for all that you've done for us. And I pray for every single person here, Lord, every single person that is inside of God Squad Church, in our church, Lord, in our community, our partners, the people that are here, I pray that you would give us boldness to be able to speak your name, to be able to continue to proclaim your name to others. Father, I pray you would give us boldness to invite other people as well to come in because we know that it's not just going to be uh, another another thing where um, where people are just, just going to come just because that does happen, sure. But how many more people can we see coming to this church? More people coming to know who your son Jesus Christ is if we are being bold and inviting them in. And so once again, God, I thank you. I thank you so much for your love and your mercy. And God, we thank you for the salvation that you have brought to us through your son, Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray.